Hey guys, today I want to talk about just the, I guess the first four, wait, hold on, let me think, one, yeah, the first four playing games, and um, then I want to talk about all NBA, all defense, and some of the, well, I guess all the awards. So the game that I just finished watching was uh, Warriors-Lakers. Warriors got up. Like, the thing with the Warriors that I guess people don't fully realize is that they're they're an elite defense. Like, ever since Wiseman went out and they have, like, their rotation set, they have an elite defense. Like, Wiggins has turned into, like, a really good defensive player. Like, you know, the thing with Wiggins is I remember when he first came into the league, you know, I, I was scrolling through Reddit, and one of, like, the top posts was him guarding... James Harden like the caption was like this is what it feels like on 2k hall of fame and you know one of the things with Wiggins was that people said that even if he doesn't become like this elite offensive weapon that he would always be a good defensive player and for a while there he just wasn't he was pretty bad like him and him and Cat ranked as like some of the worst duo defensive numbers and he just wasn't that good. He just wasn't trying. And, um, you know, ever since he's been with the Warriors, he's become really good. Obviously, Draymond is, you know, one of the, you know, I would say top 15 defensive players of all time. You know, yeah, I would say top 15, yeah. Maybe like a top five power forward defensive player of all time. You know, I'd go KG, Duncan. Bobby Jones and just, I'm doing this off the top of my head like it's very hard just like going through NBA history and just say, but like those three I would for sure take over him as a defensive player and after that you could probably make the argument for Draymond after that somewhere I'm probably forgetting someone like very obvious but like just top of my head I would put him there and you know he's only lost a little bit of his uh, athleticism and, you know, the thing with Draymond is just he's got the wingspan and his, his IQ is just so goddamn high. And he's not afraid. Like, he's got a motor that it's, it's always there. Like, he's always hungry on the defensive end. Um, and Looney's a good defender. I think it started Bazemore. Bazemore's all right. Steph is all right. And uh, so, like, they just have a good defense and they're elite defense and you know, they held the Lakers to, like, 40, I think 42 points. Uh, 80 was absolutely garbage in the first half. Schroeder was garbage. Uh, LeBron was not good in the first half. And in the second half, you know, 80 started getting going. LeBron closed it out. He hit that that clutch three that he made. That's an insane shot. And the, one of the things with LeBron is whenever he makes a shot like that, it's always luck. Like, everyone, like... Everyone comes out of, like, the woodwork talking about it. It was luck. It was a lucky shot. He made that lucky shot. He's been making these shots for, like, 18 years now. Like, maybe they're just not lucky. Maybe maybe they, maybe they he, like, actually made them. And not every tough shot he makes is lucky. How about that? So, you know, he made that insane three from, like, 30 feet out. Um, he also got hit in the eye. and Like, Draymond's hit him in the eye, I think, like, three or four times now over the years. I remember one time he hit him in the eye, twice actually in the finals. He he I think before the finals he even hit like James Harden in the eye and he got the red eye he got red eye from that. And LeBron, I know, like when he got hit in the eye in the finals, I think, people were like, he's faking it, he's faking it. And then when he got up, like his eyes like completely red. And even today, like if when the game ended and like everyone was about to dap each other up, they were pointing at LeBron and if you looked at his left eye it was it was starting to swell up. It was really starting to swell up. Um, anyways, I think I think that game was really fucking good. Um, you know, I, I really hope that the Warriors don't lose to the Grizzlies. Like they don't have like an off game or something. Um, because I think they might actually have like a chance to beat the Jazz. I I never thought they did, but like just watching how good they're on on defense. 
I think they would have a chance. And um, I wanted to talk about Steph. The amount of... I don't think there's a single player in the N- in NBA history. NBA history that puts as much pressure on a defense than Steph does. Like, you have... like. They they run high pick and rolls where it's at like half court and like like so Draymond's setting the screen and AD's guarding Draymond so he's the one uh, that has to hedge. Like if Draymond sets the screen forty feet out, AD is hedging forty feet out. Like that's just what they do. Like he's that good, and you know he'll go over that screen, he'll pass it, then he'll run like a whole curl around. He'll set a screen for someone else. He'll backdoor cut. He'll come off like another. He'll come off a pin down. Then he'll set a pin down for someone else. Like he is the single hardest player in NBA history to guard because you need five people attached. Like you need five people on a string to guard this man. He is the most difficult person to guard. Um, but I think Caruso did a great job. Dennis, like, I don't know what's, like, he, he tries too hard. And I, when I say tries too hard, I don't mean, like, he's out there, like, playing too hard. I mean, like, I think he's trying to show his worth. So when they're running, like, LeBron, Dennis pick and rolls, Dennis is, like, trying to go score. And, like, he, like, you're talking about, like, a top five defense in the league. Like, get the ball to LeBron. What are you doing? So, like, when he got subbed back in, I was like, fuck. Because they took Caruso out, and Caruso's a tremendous defender. If Caruso was on a different team and he was playing 30 minutes a night, he would be in conversation for all defense year in, year out. Uh, even, like, now the, the Lakers better retain him in the offseason. Like, he deserves his money. Give him that, you know, four years, 40, 40 million. Like, he deserves it. Four years, 44, 48 million. He deserves that money. So they closed, like, Dennis was so ass, they had to take him out. They put um, uh, Caruso back in. And Caruso, Caruso's just a good defensive player. Like, he doesn't, like, you're not going to break Caruso down, really. Like, you might get him every now and then, but, like, that's every single defensive player in history. Like, you're going to get, you're going to get them eventually. But, like, Caruso, his, his, he's, he's better at understanding the assignment than KCP, than Dennis, than Wesley, than... Pretty much everyone on that team uh, on the perimeter, except for LeBron. LeBron's really good, too, of course. But LeBron, like, LeBron's not going to be out there trying to guard, like, Steph Curry possession and possession out anymore. Um, what else did I want to talk about from this game? Drummond, he was ass. He is so bad. Uh, you know, when he's in the game and Anthony's in the game and it's not working, it is painful to watch. Like, when he's in, AD's taking, AD floats out of the three, he's taking, you know, a bunch of jumpers, he can't get to the paint. He, although, I will say that he settles for those jumpers, like, he doesn't have to take them. He can still, like, he, he can still go attack the rim, and like, I know that, I know Draymond, I mean, not, uh, Drummond's man is still going to be there, but, like, you can still take it to the rim and attack. I don't understand why you can't do that. Like, he, he just settles for jumpers because, like, they, they get wide open. Uh, but, yeah, like, they bench Drummond, and, like, that's when they really went on that run. Uh, what else from this game? Uh, nothing from this game, I guess. We're going to get uh, Memphis Warriors again. I really hope the Warriors win because I think them and the Jazz would be a really good, fun matchup. Um... What else? Do we, Jason Jason Tatum had a fifty point game. I like that was a really like I'm I'm happy for Jason. That was a great game from him, and Kemba was really good too. I think he made like four, maybe three threes or four threes to start off the third quarter, and that kind of ended it. And like Russell Westbrook wasn't that good in that game. Beal doesn't look Beal doesn't look one hundred percent healthy, and Jason just went off. Like the the Wizards don't really have. They don't really have wing defenders and, well, yeah, they don't really have wing defenders. So, like, Rui's not a great defender. And I think their starting small forward is Beal, so. Because they, they go Russ, uh, Neto, Beal, Rui, and Alex Len. Alex Len, he should not be starting. Um, but, yeah, so the Wizard, like, Jason had the 50-point game. It was insane. He's he's really good. The thing with him, he's just inconsistent. 
Like, that's the only thing. Like, I think he's going to be a superstar eventually. He's not there just. He's not there yet just because he's not efficient enough. He has to get to that, like at least that point six zero, like sixty percent true shooting. I think he has to get to that, or he has to just become a much better playmaker. Which, by the way, he's been like I've talked about this before with him and Jalen. They've like the last three years. They've each improved their assist per game. Like every like each of the last three years, so like he's working on that. He has to. He has to work on that and also, like, finish a little better at the rim and get to the free throw line at least seven, eight times a game. Like, if he does those things, he's a for sure superstar in the league. Right now, he's, like, he's right. He's not on the line. He's just, like, right below the line. I think the line of superstar and, like, star right now is probably Damian Lillard. Um, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, like, those two. They're right on that line. But Jason is, like, tiny bit below that line. And I guess Jimmy Butler's on that line, too. And Tatum's, like, right below it. Um, so, the Celtics... I'm, I'm, like, I'm glad that they won. I'm glad Jason had that big game. I'm glad Kemba looked good. Um, but I'm not happy that they won. Because, like, they would have to face the Brooklyn Nets. And they have nothing for the Nets. I think for the 76ers, they would have had something. And I think for the the Nets, I think the Wizards would have had something because they don't play much defense. And I think Russ and Beal could have had, like, big, huge games. They, w- they would have probably lost 4 nothing, 4-1, but, like, it would have been much better games. With the Celtics, though, I feel like it's probably going to be a sweep. I, I would say 4-1 just because I think Tatum and Kemba can get them one game. But aside from that, probably, I probably see it as a 4-0, 4-1. Uh, the Wizards are going to face the Pacers. Pacers don't have Karis LeVert to beat the fucking shit out of the Hornets. Um, the Hornets, they have some things to do. Like, um, I think they should sell high in Terry Rozier. Terry's not a good defensive player. LaMelo's not good. Miles Bridges isn't that good. PJ's not that good. Hayward is good, but he didn't even play. Cody Zeller's not that good. So I think what they if they want to take a step next year, they have to get good defensive players. Like, I'm keeping Miles and PJ. And I'm counting on them to get better on defense, but I'm 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 selling high on Terry, and I like their main goal in this offseason should be rim protection, rim protection. Like go after Miles Bridges, not Miles Bridges. What the fuck am I talking about? Miles Turner, like get get Miles Turner. Get some rim protection, please. Uh, but they're gonna be in the lottery, so. Maybe they can get someone from the draft that's a good rim protector. But they need that desperately. They just need a good defensive player. They need a good defensive center desperately. Um, what else? Uh, the Pacers, they don't have Karis LeVert. He's in the Holland safety protocol. They looked really good. They looked really good. You know, Sabonis has been averaging a triple-double like the last, like, 20 games or something. And, like, his seem more impressive than... I don't want to say that. I've, I've just been very impressed with his passing. I'll say that. Because he's not just doing, like, the dribble handoffs. He's, like... It's, like, tight window passes that he's making. And he's been really good. Malcolm looked good. Um, they're going to face the Wizards. And if Beal's not healthy, I think they can probably beat them. Um, let's see. What else? Okay, let's talk about all NBA. Let's do... Let's do first team. All right. There's, I would say, four... Yeah, four locks. The fifth, I'm going to talk it out and... Actually, no, I think I think my first team is ready. Yeah, I think my first team is done. I'm going to go Steph Curry. You know, he led the league in scoring. With him, they were, I believe, 36 and... No, 37 and 26 which would be, like, the equivalent of 49, 40, 40, 48 to, like, yeah, like, 48 wins, which is about what you would expect with a team that, you know, Wiseman was just tanking the entire time when he was there. Like, it's not his fault. He's, you know, 19. But when he was there, you had to find minutes for him because, like, you just drafted him number two. But when he was on the floor, he was just ruining everything. 
So you know they're 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 probably like a they're probably like a fifty win team honestly if Wiseman wasn't there. And um, you know everyone was he- not not everyone I mean like Clay is obviously gone but like everyone else healthy. They're probably like a fifty fifty two win team in a in a regular eighty two game season whatever the equivalent might that be of a seventy two game I don't know. 40, 42 wins? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, what What am I talking about? Why am I talking about the Warriors? I forgot. Oh, I was talking about All-NBA. Fuck. <laughs> Completely forgot. So I got Steph. You know, he's averaging like 31, 6 and 6. I Like I said, I think he's the single hardest player in NBA history to scheme up against and guard because even with like Jordan and like Kareem LeBron Shaq you know what they're going to do and they're doing it like except for LeBron I guess they're doing it individually like Jordan's getting that ball he's isoing and like you you know that's what's going to happen with Steph it's he might iso he might iso he might be in a pick and roll he might be in a pick and roll he'll throw to the guy he'll throw to Draymond then he'll come out of three pin downs he'll set a screen for someone then he'll come off that screen so, you know, just because of because of all that, I think he's the single hardest player in NBA history to guard and scheme up against. Um the other guard spot I'm going to go Shit, this is t- oh my god, I forgot. I don't know if I want to give it to Dame. I like Dame's always been really good, but fuck, that's interesting. Okay. Let me decide. Let me just look up how many games Joel Embiid ended up playing. Joel Embiid. He played 51 games. How many did Damien play? I know he missed some games. Damien played. Why isn't it not saying that? He played 67. Jesus Christ. So he only missed five games. Alright, I think I have to put Joel on second team then, because if you play 67, that's very impressive. Alright, so I have Dame uh, as the second guard. You know, Dame, he carried them when Nurkic was injured, when CJ was injured. Uh, you know, they had like a negative net rating, but like Dame was so good in clutch moments that they were they they outperformed like the net rating just because of just because they had Dame. That's like the single reason why they outperformed. Um, you know, it's the second straight year where I've thought of him as a true superstar. Before last season, I didn't think he was a true superstar. I know I said he's on the li- I still think he's probably on the line of superstar just because he's so bad on defense. But offensively, he, he has taken like a whole tier above. Like I've talked about this before with him and CJ. CJ... He was when he came back from his injury. He went back to like his old habits a little bit. But Dame, he sustained it. You know, I talk about like the fifty fifty club where, since last year, Dame's just taking like fifty percent of his shots from three instead of like thirty five percent, forty percent, and he's doing a lot more pick and roll off of it. Um, you know, his true shooting has gone above sixty percent. But before it was usually like fifty eight, fifty nine. Now it's at like sixty two, sixty three. <clears throat> You know, he's always been a high assist, low turnover guy, which I love. Um, so I have him in my second, I mean, my second guard. Yeah, my second guard spot, not my second team. So I have Stefan Dame in the backcourt. Then I have Luka in the front court. The Mavericks, I know, let me look at what they finished. So they're the fifth seed, 42 and 30. And they had to deal with injury after injury. Um... You know, KP, he keeps getting injured every year. Um, you know, then they had, like, the COVID stuff. Maxi was out. Every, like, other players were out, too. And let me just... Because I know they had, like, an insane record after, like, their bad start. Because everyone, everyone had Luka as, like, the MVP favorite, I guess. Not everyone, but, like, that's what the betting favorite was. And, like, he put up the MVP numbers, you know, 28, 7, no, 28, 8, and 9. Um, and even if you if you look at his true shooting, it's the same as, it's a little, it's point zero two better than last year. But 
<clears throat> I like his game a lot more this year than I did last year. Last year, he took 7% of his shots from mid-range. He made like 39% of them. This year, he took 21% and he made 50%. And I just love that. I love the fact that he's taking mid-range jumpers. And, uh, you know, if, if two people have the same true shooting or like pretty close to it, and one guy, he just takes, you know, rim shots and threes. I would rather have the guy that takes rim shots, mid-range, and threes, even if the true shooting ends up being the same. Because in close-game situations, I want the guy that has a shot, a jump shot, that he can go to and he can make 45, 47, 50% of. Because when it's a two, three-point game, the guy that's only rim and three, like the rim, like teams are going to take the rim away, so you need that other shot. And if that guy's other shot is just a three-point shot, he's making at 35%. Like, it's, it's a 35% shot. I would rather have the shot that's 45 50%. So I think he's, he's a better player than last year. He's obviously making more threes, too, 35%. He only gets assisted on 20% of his threes. So it's not league. Like, 35% is league average, but he's not a league average shooter. He's much better than league average because he's not taking league average shots. League average shots is like 80% assisted. Luca only gets assisted on 20% of his threes. Uh, so, yeah, I have him as my first forward, and I have Giannis as my second forward. You know, Giannis had another great season. The Bucks were pretty good. Um, Giannis only missed 10 games. That's not a lot. 28, 11, and 6. Um, pretty good. You know, we know about Giannis. We know what he does. He's really good. Um, and my center is the MVP. I have Nikola Jokic, who had the best season in the league, as my first team center. He averaged 26, 11, and 8. He shot, he had a 65 true shooting. What did he shoot from the field? 57, 39, 87. So, you know. A great season for him. And uh, he pretty much led in every advanced stat this year. Like, there was, like there's some advanced stats I'm not familiar with, like the Raptor War and stuff. But if you look at them, he was way ahead of everyone else. And if you look at Windshare, the offensive box plus minus, box plus minus, Vorp, whatever, he's way ahead of everyone. So, you know, he's my first team center. Second team guards, I think it has to be, who I'm going to go with Chris Paul. I think that's that has to be there. You know, the Suns 51-21. He played, I think, every single game. Maybe he missed one. Let me look. He missed two games. And, oh, my God. He had a 50. Okay, so he shot 49.9 from the field. He missed 50-40-90 by, like, two shots. Legitimately, like, two shots, he missed it. That's insane. So, I have him. And then my second... This is tough, actually. Let me think about it. Let me think. Second team guard. Oof. It can't be Bill. Not a lot of guards were on good teams this year. This is pretty wild. I'm going to go with, I'm going to put Jimmy Butler as a guard on my second team. I think he deserves it. You know, the Heat, they really should have won that. Well, Milwaukee should have tanked that game. I don't know why they won it. That was stupid of them. Because now they got to face Miami in the first fucking round. And, like, Milwaukee's not even that much better than Miami. Milwaukee's not that much better than Milwaukee. I mean, fuck, what the fuck am I saying? Milwaukee is not that much better than Miami. I don't know why they would do that. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, 22 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2.1 steals, only 2.1 turnovers per game. He had a 60, 61% true shooting, a great win shirt per 48, like offensive, defensive, blocks plus minus, blocks plus minus. He was a killer this year. He had a, this is probably his best year ever. You know, he was tremendous. 
And if you look at the Heat's record after they started off poorly because of like COVID and everything, they I think they were they finished top six in record after like their bad start. So like I don't know why Milwaukee wants to face them so badly. So uh, I have Jimmy Butler as my second team guard along with Chris Paul. Forward I have Julius Randle. I think uh, forty one and thirty one. No one really saw that coming. Uh, you know, he had a great season. He his three point shooting is absurd. Taking nearly six a game, making forty one percent. Even just his regular, you know, his shooting has improved. You know, I I think a player's shooting has truly improved when their free throw shooting shows it as well. So he was seventy three percent last year. He's at eighty one now. So I think that three point shooting is probably real, and that just opened up so much more for him. He could drive because, you know, people have to worry about the three-point shots so he could get in the paint and, you know, dish it out, average six assists. You know, he had a 24, 10, and 6 this year. His true shooting wasn't that high. And uh, let me just... His true shooting wasn't that high. It's probably because he takes too many mid-range jumpers. How many does he take, actually? Let me look. Yeah, like nearly 40% of his shots are mid-range jumpers. That's too many. And he doesn't make that many of them, like... 42 percent i think like that's not that many he's making so yes he he probably needs to turn those more so oh my god this is absurd okay last year julius randall took 36 percent of his shots at the rim the year before 46 percent 45 percent the year before 55 percent his career up until this year 45% 45% of his shots were at the rim. This year, 16%. That's crazy. Why are you taking so few shots at the rim? And this is one of the things about becoming a better jump shooter. People start relying on it a little too much. Like you become a little bit of a better shooter and you start going to the rim less. And still the most valuable shot is a layup. So if I were him, I think... I I would need I for next year I'm going to take more threes like tur- turn that thirty seven percent of your shots at mid range to twenty five percent and you know put the rest into threes and at the rim that's when you become like a true superstar like borderline superstar type player not instead of just a really good player Whew. so he's my other forward. He's my first, second team forward. Oof. Then I'm going to go with LeBron. I think LeBron deserves it. He played 45 games. And uh, in the 45 games he did play, I thought he was probably top three for MVP. And he was going to be first team all defense. He was that fucking good on defense this year. And in the 45 games he did play, there were 30 and 15. And that's a lot without Anthony Davis. So... Like, they were excellent with him. Um, and my center is, of course, Joel Embiid. Uh, I don't have to get much. Actually, I guess I would. He was dominant this year. He was dominant. And I think there's still... I think he can probably even get more dominant if Ben Simmons could fucking shoot the ball. Because then you would have just five guys surrounding him. And you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons, man, like going to come and you know double you or whatever you know he averaged 29 and 11 three assists he started getting to the free throw line at an absurd rate he made his mid-range jumpers the, the biggest difference in Joel Embiid this year was he took I believe he took what is that 30 shit I'm just trying to do this in my head real quick he took nearly 40% of his shots from mid-range but he made 50% of them so, like, that's the big difference this year. Uh, before, he was always a pretty bad mid-range shooter. Let me just look at Because I, I know he's never been a great mid-range shooter, but this year, he was absurd. That's why his true shooting's at 64, and every other year was, like, 59. And um, at times, it's, like, people... For some reason, people think... He's the reason he is going. To, he he had such a good year because he's dominating on the inside. No, his his mid range jumper is what's like 
the difference. It's not that he's just dominating on the inside. He's become Shaquille O'Neal. No, it's that his mid-range jumper has just been deadly this year. Yeah, so like the four years prior, he shot around 41% on mid-range jumper. This year, he's at 49%. So like that's the big difference. And he's making his threes, but he's not taking that many. So like I don't really trust the volume at all. Um, so yeah, that's my second team center. Third team center, Rudy Gobert, best record in the league. He's a star. He's probably he's he's a really good player that I think gets underrated a ton. Um, you know what he does on the defensive end. Like if you have Rudy Gobert, you have a top five defense. Like that just is what it is. And I think that alone is like he's he's their most valuable player on that team. Um. <clears throat> You know, another good season for Rudy. You know, 14, 14, nearly three blocks a game. You know, good true shooting because he only dunks the ball. Um, <clears throat> my guards on the third team, I got Bradley Beal. You know, he car- he carried them when Russ was not playing well. And if you look at, like, when Beal was on the floor, they were actually pretty good even when, like, they had that shitty record. And, uh, you know, he played 60 games. That's pretty good. Um, you know, 31, 5, and 4.5. Five, 5 rebounds, 4.5 assists. Game to the line nearly 8 times a game, making 89%. Um, you know, 49% from the field. You know, he played a lot of games, I think. And that's interesting. Cause I, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 com- I'm, I'm comfortable in that one. And my second guard is going to... I'm going to go with Kyrie. You know, I give Zach Levine some consideration... Donovan, um, Booker, but I just think, I just think Kyrie was the best out of them this year. And uh, you know, Devin had kind of a down year. Like he's only shooting thirty four percent from three. That's not great. His true shooting was below sixty. You know, Kyrie was fifty forty ninety. Levine, you know, he he had a great season actually, but I just can't put him on the team. Like both weren't that good. And Kyrie was really good. Uh, and Donovan missed too many games. Like Kyrie, he only played he only played one less game than Kyrie, but he was not nearly as good as Kyrie. So I can't put him on there. So like Kyrie deserves to be on there. And it's not just a thing where it's like like I've heard a lot of people talk about. You know, it would be weird not to have a net on there, but I don't like. I don't. That's not why I'm putting Kyrie on the team. I think he truly deserves to be on it. That's why I'm gonna put him there. And my forwards, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Tatum was, like, really fucking good this year. Like, defensively, I think the whole team wasn't there. But, you know, 26, 7, and 4. Uh, what what did he shot? 46, 46, 39, 87. You know, he's improved from last year as an offensive weapon. Like, he, he's, he's, I think, you know, I've talked about him before when he had talked about the 50-point he he looks taller this year. Like, when people talked about... When I think Brad talked about... He might be 6'10 now. And people were like, sure, Brad. I'm sure he's 6'10. Even Donovan Mitchell was like, okay, you're 6'10 now? So they were joking about it. But like, if you looked at him this year, he looks 6'10. He looks like a legit 6'10. Um, you know, he's averaging more rebounds than last year. More assists. Uh, more points, of course. He got to the line more. Um... You know, just a really good season from Tatum. You know, more better true shooting this year. Um, just a really good season from Tatum. And if you look at the Celtics with him, they were pretty good. Uh, the Celtic, the Celtics' problem was not him this year. It was just defensively they weren't there. They looked a lot. They looked tired this year. And uh, I'm gonna put him there. Oh fuck! I f- completely forgot about this. Holy shit! Okay, firstly, just the uh, honorable mentions to Paul George. He had a really good season. He shot the fuck out of the ball this year. Uh, Zion, Zion was tremendous. I just don't think he's a good defensive player, and I don't think... Like, you can be really dominant on offense. Like, you can be really good on offense and put up, like, these absurd numbers, but I don't think he was dominant on offense. Because I think if you want to be dominant, dominant, you have to do more than just score the ball. And, like... 
the thing with him is I don't think he can score the ball when like you really need like you need you need a bucket like when you need need a bucket like I don't think he scores at those times yet so uh, I had I don't have Zion on it and uh, so what I'm going to do because I forgot this guy I can't believe I forgot him I'm gonna put Kawhi over LeBron on second team and I'm going to put LeBron on the third team with Tatum and I'm putting Kawhi on the second team because he played seven more games than LeBron and the the Clippers record with Kawhi was better than the Lakers record with LeBron when those guys played so you have to and like numbers wise it was pretty close and I think if they both played 52 games, I would give it to LeBron, but LeBron played seven less games. So I'm going to give it to Kawhi over LeBron. And my... Wait, who do I have so far? I have Beal, Kyrie, Tatum, LeBron, and Gobert. Yeah, that's my that's my teams. Um, do I want to give any honorable mentions? Let's see. Do I want to? Do I need to? Who do I need to give honorable mentions to? Donovan Mitchell, of course. Sheesh. Um, no, I think that's it, actually. Uh, Bam Adebayo, he had a great season. He played 64 games. Um, you know, great defensive player. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think he deserves a shout-out at least. He had his, probably his best year ever. So he deserves a shout out. <clears throat> Bam averaged nineteen nine and five this year. You know, so good for him. <laughs> uh, did I say Trey Young, or did I miss Trey Young? Let me see. Where does Trey Young? What did he do? Trey Young averaged twenty five three and nearly nine and a half assists. Um, he didn't shoot the ball well. He gets to the he gets to the free throw line whenever the fuck he wants though. So like that's impressive. Uh, he had a good season. I just think he's so bad on defense that he has to be he has to at least shoot like thirty eight forty percent from three to like make up for it. And I don't think he makes up for it like that. Um. So I'm not, like, honorable mention to him, but I'm not going to put him on the team. Hmm, who else? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think those are the only honorable mentions. So let's talk about defense, all defense. I think they're, firstly, I think it should be, all of these should be positionless. All NBA should be positionless. All defense should be positionless. All defense, I can't believe it's not positionless, and I can't believe the centers throughout NBA history have not complained about this because if you look at um, like Patrick Ewing Patrick Ewing is one of the greatest defensive players of all time Patrick Ewing has I think three all defense because he had to fucking compete with Hakeem David Robinson Alonzo Mourning and Dikembe so like like there might be years where those four guys were when those five, four or five guys were the single five best defensive player of the year. But he doesn't get all defense because he has to compete with them. Alonzo Mourning has two defensive players of the year. The only two times he made all defense was those two years. Because he had to compete with Patrick Ewing, Dikembe, David Robinson, and Hakeem. So, like, I cannot believe the Senators have not complained about this. I think, firstly, I think there should be a third-team all-defense. And I think every single, every single award should be, every single, like, uh, all-NBA all-defense should be positionless. So my guards on defense, I got Ben Simmons. And I got, I got Marcus Smart. Let me, actually, let me look how many games Drew played, actually. Who played 59 games? How many did Marcus play? Because that's all I care about for these two. On who to pit, who to put over the other. 
Because Drew's better at like guarding one, two, and he can guard threes. Marcus is probably better guarding two, three, and then some ones. And then he's not thick enough like he used to be to guard fours anymore. Well, most fours. Like he can still guard some fours, but not. Like a lot of the power forwards now aren't really power forwards. They're pretty much just like bigger threes. So like, like PJ Tucker. He's not, like PJ Tucker is not a. I guess he's a four, but he's not really a four. He's like a three who's thick enough to play four. But, like, how many, like, off, like true power forwards really are there? Like, it's Anthony Davis. Like, Kristaps plays a lot of five now. So, it's not him. Like, I guess they play Kristaps and Powell together. So, I guess you could say Kristaps is a four. All right, let's put Kristaps in there. Giannis, I guess, is a four. So that's three. Like, who who else is, like, a, like a four that you really have to worry about? Like, I really don't know. Like, Julius, yeah, Julius Randle, he's one. Uh, but like I said with him, he takes, like, 40% of his shots from mid-range. Like, if he's taking mid-range jumpers, like, I'm all right with that. Like, take that all you want. And, like, 60% of his shots are jumpers. No, I think it's more than 60. Probably, like... I would say like 75% of his shots to 80% are probably... 70% of his shots are probably jumpers. So if he's taking jumpers, yeah, okay. Keep taking them. Um, Yeah, like, it's not like... Marcus can probably still guard fours, but not like the good ones. Not, Not any... Not any with some offensive skill at all. Um... Okay, so Marcus played 48 games. Drew played 59. So I'm, I'm going to say Drew first team, Marcus second team. And for the forwards, ooh, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler and Draymond. I almost forgot about Draymond. Actually, no. I'm going to go with Giannis and Draymond. Ooh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Giannis and Draymond. I'm going to go with Giannis and Draymond. Um... Not Jimmy, because Jimmy only played, like, 52 games. Draymond, he's probably the best defensive player in the league right now. Um, and uh, Giannis is still Giannis. And, um, you know, I, I feel comfortable putting those two guys there. And center, I'm going to go with Rudy. Because he played so many more games than Joel. Even though I think game for game and... Game for game, I would probably say Joel's a tiny, 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 tiny bit better. But he like he, he missed like 21 games. So I'm going to go with Rudy there. Uh, second team, center, I'm going to go Joel. Uh, forwards, I'm going to go Jimmy. And... Ooh. I'm going to... I don't, I don't care what anyone says. I'm, I'm going LeBron. Because LeBron was going to be, in my opinion, first team. And if I'm putting him on all NBA, I'm going to put him on all defense as well. Um, so guards, I already had Marcus there, so I need another guard. Um, fuck. Like the thing with Matisse, like Matisse obviously... You know, like I said it with Caruso before, like if he played 30 minutes for another team, he would be in contention for all NBA year in, year out. Matisse, if he played 30 minutes per game, he would be all NBA year in, year out. Not even, like, consideration. He would just be in it. But he only plays, like, 20 minutes a game, and he was getting a lot of DNPs and shit. So I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to, like, fully evaluate that. But even even so, I'm going to give it to him. Just because I don't think this year there were that many guards that really stood out on defense. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. Uh, actually, hold up. All right, I'm going to take LeBron off. Like, even though I do love LeBron, and I think defensively, if he played, like, 60 games this year, he probably would have made all-NBA first-team defense. But I'm going to give it to Mikel Bridges. I think he deserves it. I think he's got, like, the wingspan's fucking insane. And he's always guarding the other team's best player. And, um, you know, the, the Suns have a great defense. And he's a big part of that. So I'm going to give it to Mikel. You know, he played a bunch of games too. So 
you know you have to reward games played like you do even even in in a case in LeBron where like someone he played 72 games so like he deserves it and he's a really good defensive player so like he does deserve it um so yeah my two all defense teams are first team Ben Simmons Drew Giannis Draymond and Rudy my second team is Marcus Smart Matisse Mikel and who else did I have did I have I think I said Jim yeah Jimmy and uh Joel and my all NBA team's first team was Steph Damian Luca Giannis Jokic my second team I believe was Chris Paul Jimmy Butler, Randall, Kawhi, and Embiid. Third team was Beal, Kyrie, LeBron, Tatum, and um, Gobert. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's it. Yeah, I think I got... Like, these are my teams, but I'm still just trying to remember if I, those are, like, the actual ones that I had. And I think they are. Uh for MVP, I I like it's been over for me for like a while now. I'm like it's it hasn't even been a conversation. I'm not like I've said this before. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, you know what? If you had uh, Joel Embiid as your MVP, that's okay. If you have Chris Paul, I understand. If you have Steph Curry, I understand. No, no, I haven't been like that. For me, it's mostly just been if you have those guys, it's it's two. It's probably two or three things playing at it. One, you just don't like Jokic. Like, you just don't like Jokic. I think that's one thing. Two, I just don't trust... I Like, I just don't trust the way you evaluate things. I just don't. So, I don't even want to talk basketball with you. Jokic played 72 games. He put up the best numbers in the league. He led his team to the third seed in the West. And they had, like, a pretty good record without Jamal Murray. And um, he was there every single game, man. Like, that matters. That matters. Like, Joel's probably going to finish second. He played 21 more games than Joel Embiid. So even if you say, like, well, Joel played a little bit better than um, Jokic, but, like, he missed 21 games. So 21 games, he wasn't even there to show his value. Like, you show your value by playing games. And if you look at him him against uh, Giannis... Giannis missed 10 games, which you can say, like, okay, that's not that many, though. Uh, I think Giannis missed 11. But, like, you can still say, like, that's not that many, though. 61 games is a lot. Um, but, like, with that, I think Jokic had better numbers. And he won more games in a tougher conference. So, like, that's over for me right there. Steph, I think, missed 10 games. And he had a worse record and worse numbers. Like, it's over there for me, too. Like, there's just no... Like, Chris Paul does not... Chris Paul did not play, like, an MVP this year. He played, like, a really good fucking player. He played, like, a guy that deserves all NBA. But he didn't play, like, a fucking MVP this year. Like, I don't know where this Chris Paul talk started from. People were like, oh, but Steve Nash won MVP putting up those numbers. How come Steve Nash won? How come Steve Nash won? Steve Nash was way, 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 way more efficient. Way more efficient. So that's one. Secondly, he led his team to the number one offense in the league. He turned a team that was like 20 wins, maybe 29 wins. I think it was 20 to 29 wins. I can't remember right now. To 62 wins. That's what he did. You know, and uh, like Steve Nash will never get the credit that he deserves because like the way like it's it's similar to Steph I guess because you know people still probably think KD is much better than not much better but like KD is better than Steph Kawhi is better than Steph Giannis is better than Steph James Harden is better than Steph but unless you like really break down what the fuck Steph is doing out there you're never going to like truly appreciate Steph because people are people have a tendency just to look at the ball like what someone does with the ball and what what Steph does without the ball is just as valuable just as lethal as what he does with the ball and with Nash like he put up 15 and 11 and people like 
He won MVP doing that. But, like, he was 50, 40, 90 year in, year out. He led the number one or number two offense for, like, a decade straight. You had Steve Nash. You had a top five offense. Like, that That just is what it is. Um, And with Chris Paul, like, it's not that. It just isn't. Um... So yeah, like Jokic is my <laughs> Jokic. Jokic is the MVP, and I saw somewhere someone's keeping like the tally of the the first place, like uh, the voting. Someone's keeping, I think, from the thirty p thirty four people that have voted so far and like published it. I think Jokic has all the first place votes. Like I don't think he's gonna finish unanimous because there are gonna be some people that probably give. Um, you know, Steph some votes, Embiid, even Giannis, I think, might get one. Chris Paul might get one. <clears throat> I know David McMenamin just like a week or so, a week ago said he was going to give this to Chris Paul. So I know that's one right there. But Jokic so far does have 34 first place ones, so he's probably going to win it in a landslide, and he deserves to win it in a landslide. So I think, uh, yeah, Nikola Jokic, MVP. Defensive player of the year. Um, it's probably Ru- it's probably Rudy. Like I know I said Draymond's the best defensive player in the league. I think he is, but I think Draymond's the best when you consider regular season and playoffs. Like I think he's a better playoff defender than Rudy because he's more versatile. Like he can protect the rim, not as well as Rudy, uh, but he can protect the rim and he can switch and he can play different schemes and everything. So he's a better. You know, playoff defender than Rudy, but Rudy's a better eighty-two game, seventy-two game defender. Just because you're not gonna, you're probably gonna play your base defense the entire regular season, and like Rudy's base defense is better than everyone else's. Uh, like I said, if you have Rudy, you probably have like a top five defense. Like the Warriors are also a top five defense, but they have a really good defense, even when Draymond is off the floor, which is very interesting. Um. What else? Um, yeah, so I have Rudy one. I have Draymond two on that, and probably I guess Ben. Like I don't care. Like Ben Simmons' defense, like he's very good, of course, but I just don't think value wise he he puts he provides as much value as Rudy or Draymond. Um. So yeah, I have Rudy, and then a close second in Draymond, and Ben Simmons like. Outside the house looking in. Uh, most improved. It has to be Randall. It has to be Randall. Like, he went from... Like, I remember, like, someone posted this on um, Reddit. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll use Reddit every now and then. Like, the um, NBA Reddit. I'll use it every now and then. I remember before the season started, someone put up, What role do you see Julius Randall as? And my comment in there was... <clears throat> That I think he can be like a Montrez Earl six man type. And he did that in New Orleans a couple of years ago where he came off the bench and put up like 18 and 9 or something on like 61% true shooting, you know, stuff like that. And I think he, I think that's that's what I said. And then he just turned into an all-star, all-NBA caliber player. So it has to be him. Um what else what else coach of the year that's interesting I'm gonna go with Tom I don't think anyone like I actually did like I forgot I didn't I remember I saw I was doing uh, before the season started I was going to do a podcast where I talked about over unders and I saw the 20 wins and I was like that's disgusting like I'm going over I'm going way over on that just because I remember when Fizdale was there they were ass but then when Mike Miller was there they actually had like a pretty respectable record so I was like okay but now you have Tom Thibodeau in there and uh, Tom Thibodeau usually does like a pretty good job with uh, defensive centers, and they had Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. So I was like, they're going to be a good defense because Tom usually does like good things with centers, and especially like the first year. So I was like, yeah, they're probably gonna win way more than twenty or twenty-two games, whatever the fuck it was. And uh, yeah, so but I didn't expect you know four seed. You know, I expected like playing like. 9-10 seed. That's what I expected. But that also has to do with... I didn't think Julius Randle would be Julius Randle. I'm like, Tom gets some credit for that too. 
you know, Tom gets some credit for, you know, RJ Barrett, Reggie Bullock, you know, these these guys that you didn't think of as like good defensive players and now now they're good defensive players. Ooh. So I have Tom there. Um over Quinn Snyder, over Monty Williams. I know Monty won it on the the coaches one where the coaches vote for who they think deserves it. The the thing with that is like who actually cares about that? Like I don't remember any of like I guess I don't care about the NBA coach of the year either. Like I can't remember who won it last year or the year I think Nick Nurse won it the, that year. But I don't remember the year before that or the year before that. Like I don't I really don't remember. So, you know, that's one thing. Um so I don't know who, but I don't know who won last year's coach of the year like from the coaches like I really don't know. So like I don't know how much that really matters. I guess it matters to the coach the coach that won it. Because, you know, it's the other coaches saying, yeah, you were the best. So maybe they remember, but I don't think the public actually, like, like actual people probably don't really care that much about it. Um, what other rookie of the year? I have, I have, I have um, Anthony Edwards over LaMelo. Edwards' advanced stats look absolutely awful. But one, he played, I think, 20 more games than LaMelo. Two... I think Edwards' stats are very misleading just because he had such a tough start that they hold his averages down so much. And I'm not excusing, like, the bad games or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, Edwards would have a game... Edwards would have, like, three three games out of, like, six where three in those three games he would go, like, a combined 10 for, like, you know, 40, Right? And then he would have a couple games where he would go. Then he would have like four games where he would go like, I don't know, like 20, like 15 for 40. 15 for like 35. He would go like 15 for 35, right? And if you add those up, it would be like 25 out of what? 75. So like you look at the percentage, you're like, oh, that's absolutely awful. He was bad for seven games. Well, no, not really. He was bad for three games, and he was really good for four games. Or, like, good for four games. Um, So I think that's what holds him back. And I think that's unfair. It's like a big dilemma. So the way I did it was I looked at just to, like, give him credit for playing the games and to, like, get rid of that dilemma. What I did was I looked at how many good games, solid games, great games that LaMelo had and that Edwards had. <clears throat> and Edwards had more good games. So I, w- I went with Edwards. And over like his last 35 games, Edwards was just much better than LaMelo. Than LaMelo like his last 35 games. So I have Edwards, and I think he's going to be really fucking good next year. And I, I think the Wolves are going to be really good next year. I really hope they can keep their pick. That would be excellent. If they can keep their pick, get another young guy in there. I think D'Lo, Edwards, Jaden, Cat, and one other guy in there can be really fucking good. Um, whew. Uh, Tyrese got a look, but I think Tyrese missed some games. And um, I don't know, something about Tyrese just like doesn't have like that it factor. He might actually be like, he might actually have been the best rookie. I'm not sure. Like, but I'm going to go with Edwards. Um... What other fucking award is there? Six man. I got Joe Angles over Clarkson. I think... Although... Clarkson is like... I think Angles is a better player. <coughs> but I think Clarkson is a better six man. Because Clarkson comes in and he... Ch- like, the, six, the thing with the six man is... It's an award where... You need a guy that comes in and just lights like he just throws like a wrench into the game like you're down like another team is up like 20 to like 7 and he comes in and he like you know changes the game by making three threes you know what I mean like that's that's like what I th- that when I think of six man that's what I think of I don't just think of like who is the better player I think of the guy who comes in and he changes the game like immediately and I think Clarkson probably does that more. So I, yeah, so I've changed my mind in, the, in like, just thinking it over 
as I'm doing the fucking podcast. So I got Clarkson on that. Uh, over angles. And I don't really think anyone else was really in contention. I don't think. And um, is there any other award? I did MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved, Coach of the Year. I think that's it. Yeah, so those are my all-NBA, all-defense awards and all that stuff. And uh, and uh, one last thing, because I keep hearing this everywhere, and I don't... Like, there, there's actually two things I want to talk about. The Actually, no, I'll talk about the other one later. But I just want to talk about the Clippers and what they did. Because everyone keeps talking about, oh, they're scared of the Lakers, they're scared of the Lakers. You know, they want to... You know, avoid the Lakers. They don't think they can beat them and stuff like that. And I don't see that at all. I like they they don't want to face them until the conference finals, obviously. But I like I have zero problem with what they did. Like some people are like, oh, that was like weak and stuff like that. And like, cause you always hear about some some uh, teams being like, you know, we're just gonna face whoever's in front of us. Yeah, like of course you're gonna say that because. Your seed's already locked in. You know what I mean? Like, your seed's already locked in. You can't do anything about it. So, of course, you're going to be like, yeah, we'll face anyone. You can't be like, ah, oh, fuck, we got to face dumb. Fuck, I don't think we have a chance. So, of course, like, you're going to be like, yeah, we don't, we, we don't care who's in front of us. We'll just face, we'll face anyone. But with the Clippers, like, because I talked about this just, like, maybe um, when I was making the case for, when I was talking about Jimmy Butler, I talked about this and like the Bucks and the Heat. What what happens if like Giannis gets injured for like tweaks his ankle and he's out for like a week and he misses three games? What what happens then? Now you just lost to the fucking Heat. Instead, you could have been facing like the Hawks or the Knicks. And you know, without Giannis, you still have Drew and Middleton and Brook. And you know you could have done like you could have gone one and two, maybe two and one, and had a chance still. So, like, why? I don't understand why they did that. Cause like, there's you you just put so much more your your margin, your margin is so little now. You don't have any like room to like fuck up, like one injury, one even tweak, and like you could be out in the first fucking round. And you know your core is tied up for like like middle like Middleton is making thirty mil a year, Giannis is making like forty five mil a year, uh, Drew's making like 35, 40 mil a year, so like you're spending uh what what how much is that like a hundred mil on three players and you guys might be out in the first round because Giannis like tweaked his ankle or something. With, with the Clippers, it's the same thing. Like, why would you want to face? Like what they did, like they did two they did two things. One. They made sure that they weren't going to be the three seed. So in case the Lakers became the six seed, that they wouldn't have to play them in the first round. Because the same thing applies there. Like, what happens if Kawhi, like, his his knee's fucking up again? Or, like, Paul George's shoulder is fucking up. And now they're facing the Lakers, who are getting healthy. Like, even if LeBron and AD aren't 100%, 100%, they're still going to be out there. So the Clippers avoid that. And, like... If that happens, like if Kawhi, something happens to Kawhi or Paul George, and they're out for like two, three games against the against the Mavericks, you can make you can make like you're you're fine you're you're fine with it. Like you don't mind having like no Paul George for like two or three games, no Kawhi for like two games. Like you can you you can live with that, and like you you have you have a chance against the Lakers. You don't have a chance. And the second thing they did was. They got out of their bracket entirely. You know, I do think Clippers Jazz is gonna be a fucking monster if they get if they beat Dallas. Clippers Jazz would be a monster. Um, I think that that could be like a seven game series. Honestly, like that's a that's a fun that's a fun series. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so they they got out of that bracket entirely, like because they would have been like the three seed facing them, or um, or they would have faced them in the second round. They were like, now nah, we'd rather not face them in the second round. 
would rather just you know face them in the third round because you know what happened to us last year could happen to the Lakers where you know they get eliminated before they even come to the conference finals so like that could happen um so yeah like I had no problem with what the Clippers did and I feel like the Bucks they fucked up like I don't know why they like I'm I'm probably gonna pick the Bucks but like I still think that was one of the dumbest things that they could have done like you know this idea of like no I want to go through them because they beat us it's like that that's already done like they already beat you like you're not gonna avenge that loss really because you already lost like you can't avenge a loss that was in the season before so you know also like you like you could have had Miami later on you could have had Miami in like the conference finals and like really made them pay then you know you like it just like it's not like you couldn't have had a chance to go through them later like I don't understand this from the Bucks and like people trying to be like oh I respect what the Bucks did you know they didn't they didn't lose this game on purpose like shut the fuck up like it was the dumbest it was so dumb um and they barely won that game and like Jimmy wasn't even playing and if you look at their records um since like I can't remember when Miami started but they started off like way below 500 but if you look at their record since then it's like top five or six in the league if you look at the Mavericks record it's also top five and six in the league that's why I don't understand that's why I don't understand people being like the Clippers are gonna beat the hell out of the Mavericks like no they're not um but yeah like I don't like the Clippers tanking thing I have no problem with that like that's what that's what they should have done if that was my team, I would have done the same thing. Like, I, I don't mind, like, the Cl- I don't think the Clippers are, like, we're scared of the Lakers. It's just more like, no, we'll face you when we face you. You know, like, well, I'll see you when I see you. I'll see you if you get there. And until then, you know, we'll, we'll go play the Mavericks and then, uh, you know, the Jazz probably because I don't think the Warriors or the Grizzlies would beat them. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see you later on. Anyways, uh, that's all for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Yeah, I'm going to do another podcast probably on Friday or Saturday. Probably Friday, right after the Warriors and Grizzlies game. So, like, every matchup, every series is locked in then. Then I could really break down... uh, Then I can really break down all the series and just give my predictions on them. All right, thanks for listening, everyone.